Welcome to the online ministry of Pacific Beach United Methodist Church, located in beautiful San Diego, California. Pacific Beach UMC is a member of the Reconciling Ministries Network and welcomes persons of all ages and backgrounds for worship, study, and service opportunities. More information can be found on our website at pbumc.org. May you be enriched by the hearing of these words, and may you receive and enjoy God's blessing. Our scripture reading today is from Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus and Zacchaeus. He entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. And all who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Thank you, Hope. I want to say before I begin, a couple of happy birthdays. We have birthdays uh, in the house. Vicki and Judy are both celebrating birthdays today. So we delight um, in celebrating you. What a sweet thing God did when when God created both of you. And the beautiful flowers are given uh, by Judy's friends, Bill and Denny, in celebration of that birthday. So I just want to lift up all that celebration and say um, congratulations on birthdays to both of you. Today, on this World Communion Sunday, we are spending time with a man named Zacchaeus. We only hear this encounter in the Gospel of Luke, and I have to say, it's a gospel story that I like a lot. Now, Zacchaeus, within his own community, was considered a louse, a traitor, a crook. Not only was he a tax collector, but he was the chief tax collector, which made it all the worse. You see, the Jewish people despised the Roman tax for several reasons. One, it reminded them that they were a subjugated people living under the thumb of the Roman Empire. And two, it was theologically offensive to them because for them as Jews, there was only one king, and that was God. To pay tribute to an earthly, non-Jewish king offended them to the very core. So not only did the Jewish community find the tax abhorrent, they also found the tax collectors, who were fellow Jews, abhorrent as well. Because the Romans didn't collect 
the taxes themselves. They contracted with a Jewish man who served as a chief tax collector in a given area. The chief tax collector paid the contract in advance and then employed other Jews to collect the taxes, hoping to make a profit off the people. The Jews employed in this service were loathed for their complicity with the Roman oppressors and for the way they took advantage of their own people. So when Luke begins this account by saying that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector and rich, he was saying a whole lot. So Zacchaeus is admittedly a scoundrel, the bad guy in this tale, but I don't know about you, I just can't help but like him. I have always liked Zacchaeus. And maybe it's because I grew up singing that cute little Sunday school song about Zacchaeus. Do some of you know it? I'm not going to sing it because you might go away. You do, But it says, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. I mean, how cute is that? You could Google it if you want to hear the real thing. But I don't think that's the only reason I like Zacchaeus. I also find myself liking him for his openness, his lack of guardedness, his spontaneity, qualities that are not always my strongest. I don't know if it was undignified for a grown man to climb a tree in that day and age or not, but even if it was, Zacchaeus didn't hesitate Because he was too short to see over the heads of the other people in the crowd, he scrambled like a child up into the limbs of the tree in order to catch a glimpse of Jesus. And who knows why? Who knows what he had heard? Was he just curious about Jesus, wanting to know what the hullabaloo was all about? Was he wanting something from Jesus? Did he need something from him? Whatever it was, Zacchaeus seemed compelled, driven by some sense of urgency, to have a moment, to have a connection of some sort with Jesus. And that's part of why I like him too. I'm not sure how Jesus' attention got drawn to Zacchaeus with all of the crowd milling about But Jesus honed in on Zacchaeus and seemed to share in the sense of urgency. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. I always find Jesus' very direct words to Zacchaeus funny and shocking at the same time. Because if I were Zacchaeus, I'd have fallen right out of that tree. Wait, you, you want to do what? I can imagine myself rifling through my day planner saying, oh, you know, uh, today is not good for me. Could we, could we schedule that for sometime next week? Because honestly, even if I had the entire afternoon free, I'm just not that spontaneous of a person. I like to plan things ahead. I like to be prepared. In order to have anybody over, much less Jesus, I would need to clean the house and clear the stacks of books and papers and recycling off the table. I would need to go to the grocery store and prepare something nice to eat. 
I would need to sweep the front porch, give the dogs a bath, wipe off the chairs and tables outside and the like. You know how it goes. If Jesus picked me out of a crowd and said he must come stay at my house today, I'd be undone in a whole variety of different ways. But God bless him, not Zacchaeus. He hopped down out of that tree and immediately agreed. Perhaps because he grasped the magnitude of what it meant for Jesus to want to receive hospitality from him. From him, a despised and outcast tax collector. And in that culture, from whom you received hospitality was significant. Most of the people in the crowd would never have dreamed of receiving hospitality from a tax collector. That would have been utterly beneath them. So Zacchaeus knew that Jesus wasn't just inviting himself over because he wanted a free meal at the rich man's house. No, Jesus was honoring Zacchaeus. He was stopping to see him, to call him worthy and valuable and good. And perhaps that's the moment, the connection Zacchaeus had been longing for with such urgency, whether he knew it in so many words or not. I think it must have been because Zacchaeus was changed by that encounter. And it wasn't just a change of heart. It was a radical shift, a change in practice, a change in the way he would be in the world. He said, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And seeing Zacchaeus's response, Jesus said, Today, salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. And by calling Zacchaeus a son of Abraham, Jesus took this outsider and made him an insider. He took one who nobody thought belonged and drew him back into the circle of God's care and embrace. I think we oftentimes think of our lives of faith in terms of the choices we've made or the steps we've taken. You might be familiar with that wonderful hymn, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. You know that one? But in reality, our lives of faith don't start with us. They are initiated by God. When God's grace comes to us with a nudge or a whisper or an invitation or even a shout, our Methodist perspective is called Wesleyan because the founder of Methodism was John Wesley. So our Wesleyan theology talks about something called provenient grace. It's a, it's a term that simply means the unearned, the unmerited, the undeserved love of God that reaches out to us even before we are aware of God or our need for that love. It's the grace that comes to find us in the branches of the sycamore tree 
or our homes or in our relationships or on the street. It can find us at our highest peaks or in our lowest valleys. And the fact that you're here today makes me believe that somehow, somewhere, grace found you. That somehow, somewhere, Jesus invited himself over to your house, asked to come home with you, to drop by before you had a chance to tidy things up. Somehow, somewhere, Jesus requested entry into your world, into the nooks and corners and crevices and crannies of your life, your heart and your soul and your spirit. Somehow, somewhere, Jesus asked to be a guest at your table. Like Zacchaeus, we are changed by a love like that. We are changed by a love like that. We can't help but be. A love that comes to us just as we are, a love that sees us and calls us worthy and valuable and good. And the more we welcome Jesus into our lives, the more we welcome Jesus to sit down at our tables, even when they're covered in junk mail and recycling and dirty coffee cups, the more we will continue to be changed, to be transformed by that grace. Experiencing not just a change of heart, but a change of practice as well, a change of how we choose to be in the world. As I thought about this passage in light of World Communion Sunday, it occurred to me that there is something about receiving Jesus into our lives at our tables that enables us to more readily, more graciously, more joyfully join Jesus at his table. Every time we at this church gather for communion, we gather around this table. But in the mystery that is Holy Communion, we know that Christ's table is bigger wider, far more vast than our senses can perceive. At Christ's table, we join the company of heaven as we sing, holy, holy, holy. At Christ's table, we are connected to Christians near and far who also gather to receive signs of God's life-changing grace. We here at PBUMC gather to break the King's Hawaiian bread that Lewis and Ron drove all the way to L.A. to get. (laughs) Others, though, gathered to break pita or tortillas or baguettes or naan. The words of the liturgy and prayers will be spoken and sung in thousands of different languages today. But in and through the mystery of communion, we are one. We are all one as those who are being changed by the grace of God, the grace which followed us home and sat at our tables, we come to Christ's table with increasingly open and unguarded hearts. We come able to see each other 
with all of our beautiful differences. We come eager to put in another leaf, to pull out another chair, to make a place for each one, for everyone, until all find a seat, until all are fed, until all are welcomed in. Thanks be to God who can sometimes be a little pushy about coming over. (laughs) Thanks be to God who sits amid the clutter of our own tables, bringing us peace, hope, new life. Thanks be to God who invites us to her table in a fellowship that is diverse, divine, and ever-expanding as we make room for one more and one more and one more. Today, as we gather at God's expansive table, mindful of millions around the world with whom we gather, let our hearts rejoice and be filled with hope as we live grace by grace, meal by meal, kindness by kindness, into the unity and kinship to which we are called. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now we pray the Lord's Prayer, led by our wonderful siblings. Notre Père qui êtes aux cieux, que votre nom soit sanctifié. Dein Reich komme, dein Wille geschehe, wie im Himmel, so auf Erden. I prastinam dolginashi kak i my prashayam dolznikam nashin. E non indurci in tentazione, ma liberici da male. Car c'est à vous qu'appartient le règne. Und die Kraft. Rongyao. Vavieki. Amen. But all God's people say, Amen. Thank you. Thanks be to God. <laughs>